Baruch Hashem, you should have Rufuah. Okay, we're in fascinating Gemara. Where it's, it's semi-agadita. It's, uh, we've had Gemaras like this before. Um, sometimes the Gemara seems to be giving advice, medical advice. And uh, the question is why? So there is a basic idea the Torah wants us to take care of ourselves and the Torah wants us to know uh, know certain basic things. And if Chazal knew these things, they would share uh, with us. There's another view, though, that that's not what's going on over here, that there's uh, Kabbalistic ideas mixed in. Very, and again, if they bothered listening to the more, and sometimes we figure it out and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we look at it at a basic level and say, oh, that's interesting, but no, there's something, something much deeper here. Um, there's an idea that, um, so first of all, it took medical science a really a long time to figure out that pregnant women, um, what happens during pregnancy affects the child. Um, that they now know that if you know if the mother has a drinking problem, it's going to affect the unborn child, and that uh, uh, and they they studies you know they all acted like they didn't open the chumash you know they would have known everything from Torah. Yaakov Avinu knew that already you know with the sheep that uh, that uh, children the children are affected by what happens during pregnancy, and we got on the subject of a mother nursing and how what the nursing mother. Uh, eats and drinks affects the baby. And so that puts an obligation on the child. All of a sudden we learned that if the mother doesn't want to nurse, it's not so simple because she had a child and if this child doesn't have somebody to take care of it, he's in trouble. And so uh, Chazal made rules to protect this child. No one else is going to protect him. Even where the mother wants to start a new life with a new husband, we say, wait a second, you've got to give him the, the two years or the amount of time. So I think are we at the Tadra Banan? Yeah, it's about why the two dots. Yeah, it's about fourth, the two, the higher two dots. Fourth middle line. Yeah, fourth middle line. Tadra Banan on Samach sixty B. Harisha Nasnul Ben Lahanik. So if a midwife, not a midwife, a wet nurse. I, today you don't hear that word too much anymore. Who knows who's ever hiring wet nurse? But if you hired a wet nurse. And she wants to double her wages, so she wants to take two babies. Or what if she, and, uh, in order to be a wet nurse, you've got to be nursing. So what if she's nursing her own baby, and she wants to add on the second baby? So that's not fair to the child. If you can't, uh, uh, women are not cows. They don't have enough. Uh, I don't know how nursing, I don't know how twins work exactly, but we're concerned that the average woman won't have enough milk for two children. And therefore, the child's going to get cheated. And if he doesn't get enough, uh, then it's, uh, he'll be more susceptible to diseases and other things. At a minimum, a child, a baby, needs the right nutrients. So if somebody agrees to be a wet nurse, so she can't nurse at the same time uh, her son, or somebody else's kid, one kid per customer. Now, uh, what happens... So in order to nurse properly, they have to, uh, they have to eat for two, as the expression goes. I don't know if exactly two or exactly what it means, but they need extra. So I, in the ideal world, they're supposed to cover her additional food expenses so that she'll be able to have plenty of good, high-quality milk. Um, I don't know, Michael, if you, uh, if you give the uh, goats special food so that their uh, milk is better, you know... Uh, 
I don't believe in it, but we buy it. Oh, you do? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, Michael's raising goats, and so he's saying that they, uh, uh, for whatever reason, that that's common. But at any rate, what happens if they didn't really give her a great food allowance? It's only Puska Kima. They added on a little bit for the extra food or drink that the nursing woman needs. So that doesn't exempt her from eating a healthy diet so that there'll be plenty of milk. Oklaharpa. Now, not only does she have to eat healthy, she's not allowed to eat unhealthy. She's not allowed to eat things that will harm her milk supply. Okay, fine. So those are halachas of a nursing of a wet nurse. So the more has a question. If you're going to tell me she can't even nurse her own child together, so Ben Chavar, to me, certainly she can't take on another kid. Basically, she can't have two at a time. So, so why do you need to say it? So the Morris says, I would have said, you know why she can't take her own child? Because she can't say no to her own child. And if her own child's extra hungry that day, she'll let him drink up her milk and someone else's kid will get less. So it's only a problem if you take your own kid who you can't say no to, your own baby, what mother's going to tell her own baby to stop nursing? She'll take pity on him and she'll nurse him an extra long amount. But when it's someone else's kid, you're not going to give him anything extra. If she knew she didn't have enough, she won't give it to him. It doesn't make a difference. You have two, this baby's going to be on the short side. Okay. Then we said, We said, if they only gave her a little extra, she's allowed to eat, she should eat uh, enough to cover, a, a lot. So, where's it going to come from? They didn't give her enough food allowance. She's going to have to take from her own, she's going to have to spend her own money if she did. I mean, she knows the job. She's supposed to get enough money to cover the extra food. She's not supposed to eat any bad stuff. My, what are some bad foods for a nursing mom? There are going to be multiple opinions. Um, it's a question what each one adds. Did each one know something that the other one didn't? Are they all agreeing? Or was it uh, in different places? So Rifkana says she should avoid kishis v'chaziz v'dogging v'tanim v'adama. Kishis are hops. I've never eaten a hop as is. We, uh, they use hops to make beers, but they make beer. But you don't. We don't usually eat hop straight. Hop straight. Maybe that's why. Chaziz uh, is some kind of um, grasses of zeratua, a wheat grass. She shouldn't eat wheat grass, and uh, small fish, and uh, dirt. Don't eat dirt. Um, not not good for the. Um, so some. <laughs> Apparently, in some places, they ate a little bit of clay or a little bit of dirt, or they didn't wash. Um, the, uh, we go to lettuce companies and, uh, where they wash the lettuces, uh, and it's amazing how much dirt comes out in the water. Like, the, you know, you see that Georgia clay, that water is, uh, you're just like, uh, before it's washed, it it's, it's like has a lot of that dirt in there. And so, the, in general, like anything you buy that, you know, that grew, you better wash first. It's got stuff on it. It's sometimes a, yes. Yeah. I don't know whether or not it has anything to do with Gemara, but that's that's called pika. Um, and people that are iron deficient uh, often crave dirt, believe it or not. And it's common for um, a, a, a woman who's just given birth to be iron deficient because the, the baby 
takes uh, takes a lot of iron from her. Huh. No, so they actually eat dirt? A clay. That's right. They eat clay. They eat clay. You know, I grew up. South Georgia has a um, a layer of that uh, kaolin. Why clay is called something? Ryeberry kaolin. Is that right? Or anyway, they. You give it a good name, then it sounds better than dirt. Yeah, that's true. Kaolin. Yeah. Kaolin. But it's it's a well-known phenomenon. It's called pica. I see. So she may want to, especially might be prescribed for her because she's low iron, but apparently it's not good for the nursing. Really? It was like a natural thing that you knew that... Okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Bye, Omar. He says, Afilu, he adds to the list, it's not just that that's not healthy for nursing. Even karaba kabusha, even pumpkin and quince. Rashi says kabusha is kurtzi, kurtz. Repapa says afilu karaba kufra. He says even uh, something called kara. This is something that grows around the date palm, um, some kind of uh, uh, some kind of vine. Kufra, Rashi says, is unripe dates, small dates. If you eat unripe sour dates, it's not going to be good for the baby. Ravashi says, Even if you have kutach, the famous cheese dip. So the cheese dip actually was very strong. It was made from moldy bread, but it was made like, it had like a very sharp taste, this famous Babylonian cheese dip, but apparently was not good. Uh, a nursing mother would be very sensitive to that if there was bacteria or there was not. Um, Hirsna is some kind of uh, I think fish chow. Rashi says uh, fish and oil and flour and uh, a fish also. Very people have to be very careful when they eat you know fish that it's cooked right. So I mean, what's the problem with these foods? So the Gemara gives the summary. Some of them they they cause her to have less milk. And some of them make the milk cloudy. Uh, it's not that she has less, but it makes the milk not as healthy. It gives it a different flavor. So it's not. So either it'll give her less milk or it'll, it'll hurt the milk. So now the Gemara continues on a different subject. Just like the, what goes into the milk affects the milk, what parents do when, they're, uh, uh, when they become pregnant also affects the unborn child. That's, that's a, um, I mentioned to you really in the Chumash with Yaakov Avinu, what he did with, the, with the, the sheep. But we believe also that the thoughts that the parents have when they create a child, that affects the child if they have holy thoughts, if they have unholy thoughts. So uh, uh, he says... And then normal, oh, okay, yeah. By the way, it's also chalk. Thank you, Dr. Yaffe. He, 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 had, he had a definition of this desire. Chalk also is, is a form of dirt. That's a, uh, to eat chalk or whatever. It's a chalky oh, kind right. of, uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure when you have the, um, what is it that you, uh, those, uh, not the, the, uh, the, 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 we color them with different colors that you take them for Tums. I think Tums and things, they have chalk in them. They have the, that's eating dirt. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, uh, it's a uh, yeah. calcium carbonate. Calcium carbonate, right, right. And it, if you called it dirt, you wouldn't want to eat it, but you call it uh, lime. What? Calcium carbonate is lime. Right, that, that grows on, that's on the ground. That's yeah, chalk. Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's a. Uh, that's what Tums is? Didn't, 
It has it in there. Didn't yeah. We, yeah. Didn't, didn't we have a Gemara in Yuma that the things that the Kaisal complained about, were, uh, you know, we missed the, the Dugim and the Kishuim and and everything that was the way Yitpachin and Bemitzrayim, that the Mun did not have those tastes because uh, it did something to the mother's milk, right? Right. So actually, it fits in very well. Yeah, that, that's. So the mun was a food that was inherently healthy, that uh, it was healthy spiritually and healthy physically. And so therefore, foods that would cause harm to people, the mun wouldn't become. So since you had women that were nursing, so it wouldn't become, um, it's just like uh, uh, cucumbers or pickles and, and certain fish. So that's why they were complaining in Egypt they had those foods but they couldn't get them in the desert because apparently those types of things would have been unhealthy and what comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is inherently good. And so, very good, Dr. Yami. So, the, oh. that's, that's, so, I don't know what, I have, to, I have to find out what's wrong with fish for pregnant women or, or nursing women. What does that do? Is it, is it a certain type of fish? Is it anchovy? Like, what would it be? <laughs> sushi, yeah, maybe a sushi. It's a, <laughs> small fish. Small fish, right. I was thinking like anchovies. It's like very sharp. And so something sharp will cause, you know, will affect the milk or, and that, it, that's the problem often with Gomorrah is that, you know, since we don't know, we say fish, but maybe there's some fish that are very healthy and some that are not because fish is a whole world. There's like, there's so many different types and different, so, but it's a certain, certain, certain type that's not good for the uh, nursing women. The what? Notes of bringing down fish brine and fish fat. Fish brine. That's that stuff that the, the you know, the, the goo and the fish fat. Yeah, I imagine the fish fat is not That's the... So like, like it's not necessarily saying the meat of the fish. You're saying that these other... Like oh, fish, fish byproducts. Is... Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, I can hear that. Okay, so, uh, but now we change the subject to, uh, we went from nursing to what you eat during nursing to what happens during the conception. So if somebody lives near a... Um, a place where they do a mill. So, Hamashamshin Bey Rechayu, or somebody uh, has relations uh, when the mill is running. So, if you live close to the mill, the earth shakes. There's like a shaking that goes on. So, at first I was thinking it means like, you know, they actually decide to go have relations and, you know, go to the mill place, but that, that would be very unusual. But it, what it means is that, that they're interrupted in their lovemaking with these shakes. Uh, so, they will have kids that have shakes. That'll be epileptic. If they have relations on the ground, they'll have kids that are, um, are stretched. These are, uh, uh, Rashi says, long-necked. It's a, it's a blemish. The darka al rami kamra. If they have relations on these uh, donkey do, having, in other words, on the ground where they're having the relations in that area, the donkeys um, do their thing. Gardni. They're going to have kids that are gardeny kids. Uh, the hair is going to fall out, or the kids are going to have certain diseases. In other words, there's a strong, nasty smell when they're having relations. It's going to affect the unborn child. Uh, the Ochlochard, so again, I don't, it's difficult to know exactly how these things work, 
But the assumption is that somehow those are affecting the parents' thoughts while they're having relations, and so that's going to have an impression on the unborn child. The Ochokardolo, what happens if they eat mustard? They'll have zulzani kids. Uh, zulzani, Rashi says, hungry, starving. Kids will always be hungry. I don't know what that has to do with mustard. Dokla tickly, if they eat uh, uh, tickly, is, um, is, uh, is a vegetable. Uh, cress. They eat cress. Habu mene dolphini. So, first we started off, uh, the Rashi says they're going to always, their eyes will be droopy. Dokla menuni. They eat menunia. Habu mene metsiena. Then they'll, be, they'll have an eye problem. Their eyes will always be open. To ochl- what, what's menuni? Uh, menuni is a uh, small fish, certain kind of fish. So fish always, their eyes are open. So the, the, uh, uh, the, these are the list of the bad things, and then soon we'll get to the good things. But sometimes kids are born with certain uh, medical problems, and so we're tracking them back to the, what was happening during, the, uh, during their conception, during the early birth. Okogugushi, if they're eating gugushi, uh, back to the earth. They're eating that chalk. They're going to have ugly kids. Dushasi shikra. If they drink too much beer, they're going to have dark kids. The kids are going to be dark complexion. Now, on the other hand, if they eat healthy, they eat good meat and drink good wine, they're going to have healthy kids. If they, if they ate a robust diet, then they'll have healthy kids. If they have eggs, eggs were considered healthy. They'll have kids with big eyes. I'm assuming the big eyes is good. I don't know. Or, or, or have good eyesight. I don't know. I guess, better. I guess it's, at least they're open, right? Yeah, the open <laughs> eyes, yeah. Now, if they eat the kaveris, they'll have uh, children that find favor in people's eyes. What's kavuni? Uh, what is Kaveri? Anybody Kaveri know? Oh, Kaveri. Eat big fish, fish. yeah. Eat, 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 eat good, healthy fish, then you're going to have children that find favor in people's eyes. It's interesting also how we would switch from the, the health aspect to other non, you know, what uh, the deeper sense. The Ochuk, uh, Karpasa, you eat Karpas, you eat good veggies, Havile Bene Zisni. Then your children will uh, be healthy. They'll have a good smell. They'll have. Um, what is the Zaysen? Uh, is like they'll be bright. The, on the left side, he says they'll have like uh, they'll be nice looking, or they'll have the uh, okla uh, kusparta. And if they eat kusparta, which is ailindra balaj, havile bene bistri, they'll have heavy kids. They'll they'll uh, they'll be a good size. The okla esroga, and if you eat esrogim, you eat lots of citrus, the kids will smell good. Barta deshivar malka, the daughters of King Shwar Malka, okla be ima esroga, the mothers ate esrogim, vavimasa kameavua bereish rifni. The father would bring the daughter with the spices. She was perfumed, they had a good sense. I don't know exactly what that means, like you don't sniff your daughter, but um, it, it, it's a. Uh, the, the, the idea of sense is that there's a sense is something that you it's it, it, that 
it's another, it, it's, um, it's not something you see, but you pick up, you, it smells good. And so apparently if you eat esrogim or the, it brings out another sense. There's a sense, that, a sense of beauty or another sense that comes out with it. Okay. Again, we don't, this is part of the Agadita. A person's welcome to have theories about what these are. Om Ravuna, Banakalan Ravuna Barchinina. He said, all right, let's have some fun with these, kids, these students. He, he gave them a, a test. He said the following. He omeres lahanik. Uh, she says, the mother says, I want a nurse. Vahu, and he says, I don't want you to nurse. So, uh, shomilo, we listen to the mother because saridehu. It's, uh, it's her difficulty, and if she wants to do it, let her do it. And also, it could be it's painful for her not to nurse. So, uh, therefore, it's up to her, not up to him. Why, why would he not want her to do that? I don't know. Uh, either because he'll have the baby on her all the time or whatever, or, you know, it's a, so. Who Omer uh, Lahanik? He says, tells her, you should nurse. And she says, no, I don't want to nurse. Mahu, what's it in there? So, now, if she doesn't nurse, it means he'll have to pay for the, uh, the, the wet nurse. So, if uh, it's in her family, it wasn't, uh, the mothers didn't nurse, it was common for them to get a wet nurse, so it's perfectly reasonable for her not to want a nurse. Show me low What about he orcha, vuhu lo urcha? In her family, they, um, they did nurse, but in his family, they didn't. And she's saying, I want to be like my sister in laws, that you hire wet nurses. So my, busted daily, can he say, well, all your sister's nurse, oh, busted da, or do we go by his sister's? We learned from the following, this rule we had before, that Ola Imo, the, a woman only gets upgraded when she gets married. In other words, if the new family has higher standards, she's entitled to his family's standards. The Eno Yeredes Imo, and she does, it's never a downgrade for her. Where is there a hint to that in the Pasuk? When a woman gets married, she goes up in status. It's only an upgrade. Now, not if he's a downgrade, she doesn't have to go down a level. She only goes up. It's a fascinating thing. By Chava, by Eve, it calls her a mother of all living creatures. The pur- it's referring to the purpose of a woman, Lachayim Nitna, she was given uh, for life, Velo uh, Litzar Nitna, and not for pain. Uh, meaning that the institution of marriage is supposed to be better for her and not, uh, not more difficult for her. In other words, the, uh, therefore, if, uh, if uh, it's painful for her to nurse or something she doesn't want to do, it wasn't meant for her to, all right, you're married now, you've got to suffer through it. it it's given l'chaim, it's given for life. Interesting way to darshan. Okay. Heknisa lo shifka. So now we get to the uh, rules of the Mishnah that we said that all married women, uh, we read this on Shabbos, that all married women are required to do certain jobs uh, for their husbands, uh, for the household. So uh, what happens, though, if she brought a maid? So we said then the maid does certain jobs, but she still has to do hashar avdit. Now, even though she brought a maid who, in theory, could replace her. In other words, instead of the, uh, uh, the nine jobs that uh, she has, why can't the maid do them all and she'll sit there? But, 
So we said, no, the maid only takes off three jobs. The rest of them she's got to do. Why can't she say, I brought in another woman to replace me. Why can't one maid take all the jobs off? The answer is, the husband will say, It's true that the maid can work for the husband and for herself, but who's going to take care of your things? In other words, you have a bigger household now. You have a maid, so you have three mouths to feed and three sets of clothing to wash. And uh, uh, so it's true that she can say the maid will do everything I would have done for you, but then who's going to take care of her? And so you still need uh, more help. But we said if you... I wonder why they didn't use that argument back a few dots back when, when she comes with four maids and she, does, she gets to sit down and do oh. Because that, that's increasing your household as well, right? Right, right. So we're going to get there. Yeah, uh-huh. so we're starting that discussion. Uh-huh. So we said two people, she doesn't got to cook and she doesn't got to nurse. Her sure, but even with two maids, she's got to do other things. But Tamele, why can't she say, I've got one maid that takes over for all my jobs. V'chad and the other one to take care of the, of the other maid. The answer is, But what about all the guests? Basically, once you have maids, you, more people are going to invite themselves over to you. The bigger the household, the more expectations there are uh, to do things. If you have a bigger household, then you get uh, people make requests from you to because uh, uh, they assume, well, you've got maids, so it's no big deal to have more guests to host things to, and so uh, therefore you need more. Um, he's required to, um, if there's, it depends on what the things are, I suppose, what, what exactly it means to go down. But the husband, the question is whether the husband has to pay for it. Uh, husbands and wives always have arguments about what's, uh, uh, what, what should be covered, what shouldn't. Uh, and so the, the, she wins if it's something that her family was used to or his, or his sisters get. And so, but you're saying if, what if they don't have enough to cover? So then there's no argument. They, uh, but assuming that the question is whether uh, she has the rights to ask, in other words, if she grew up with a maid in the house and now she's married, so she has the rights to ask for this because this, uh, this is what she was used to and it wasn't supposed to be a downgrade. Now, obviously, if they can't afford it, it's, they can't afford a maid. But assuming they could afford it, but he says, well, I, I think we should hold on to the money for college expenses oh. one day or something, or for vacations, or for my sports car. So she has the right to say, no, uh, I, was, I grew up with this. You have to meet the standard that I had until now, or that if all my sister-in-laws get, I was, now I'm entitled to the same as they have. That's the, the people in this neighborhood, that's what they all have. She says that the argument goes with her. That, that's what we're saying. So... Uh, so then we said, uh, with three people, she doesn't even got to make the bed. But she's got to do the other things. Uh, why? I even have uh, an extra maid for the guests. By the time they have three maids, they're going to have even more guests. So then you're never going to get on top. <laughs> you're always going to have work for the hostess too. So this is somewhat true. I mean, even managing three maids takes a certain amount of work. If you have to watch to make sure they're all doing what they're supposed to, it's going to keep her busy. But so our question is, why if you have four, she could sit there? 
The answer is Arba Kivin and Nafishle, once you have four, Messiah Ladadi, they can all help each other out. There's a certain uh, uh, when you have enough people to cover, then they, they it, it, it works its way out. Now, they don't actually have to buy those maids. If they have enough money, she brought in enough money to the household to do it, even though they didn't hire these maids yet, uh, she's not required to work. Now, it's either she brought it in, or what happens if she doesn't use her spending money and she wants to use it to hire a maid? That's going into the future, right? Uh, in other words, she uh, she's entitled to spend a certain amount on her things, and she does it, She wants to use that to hire a maid, so she's welcome to. So then we said four people. Then she sits in her katadra. She sits on her throne. So even though it says she could sit, she don't have to get up off the couch. Mazika's low coast. She's still required to make him his cup. We said in those days they didn't just drink wine; it had to be blended, it had to be mixed. So she has to mix this cup, Moses, and meet them, make his bed, and draw his bath to wash his hands, feet, and face. Um, these you could argue that it, it's important that she do things for him, but uh, it's basic is she should do something. Now all those things that a regular wife does for a husband, nida osilabala. A woman during the time of the month where he's menstruating, even though they, these things are, are, are romantic or they're things that a wife does. And Onida also does, except for mixing the cup. That's, that's votas uh, mita uh, and uh, making his bed and washing, uh, the washing of his hands, feet, and face. Those, are, um, those can lead to closeness and we, they avoid doing things that lead to closeness. Why but, wouldn't they worry about being tumor uh, for the back if she draws his bath water? Um, he doesn't eat the water, so he just, in other words, the fact that she touches the water isn't going to be a problem. Or... Oh. In other words, yeah, it's not that, it's specifically yeah. food that she would have to avoid touching, but not, not necessarily the bath water. But so, um, uh, and, uh, and the making of the bed. These are only if she does it in front of him. If he sees her making the bed, or he sees her drawing the bath water, then, he, then, then uh, that could lead to things. I wish a little bit fun of less, but not in front of him, it's fine. Now, how, do, how can she bring him his coffee then? How can the wife bring the coffee? Of course, you have to have the wife bring the coffee. I mean, that's like, uh, that's basic. So the answer is, she can bring it with a shinoi. Uh, with an, uh, do it a little differently so they won't come to uh, give the morning kiss or whatever when they bring the coffee. However, whatever romantic things it leads to, it should do it with the shine. So Shmuel's wife would bring him with the left hand. Uh, uh, he put the coffee on the, uh, on the pillow. Uh, on the rava abeisanya, on the blanket. Repapa ashrafi, put it on the footstool. In other words, when the wife brought the cup, instead of putting it in the usual spot, she, on, the, on the easy chair, you know, where he, she brings him his slippers and he puts it, you know, in the newspaper. And in the old days, I don't know how old you are, but that was like the thing, is that the husband came home from work, the wife was supposed to bring him the newspaper and the slippers. 
And, you know, that was like... You remember that? I don't that's, remember where I that came That's George Jetson. Was that George Jetson? I don't remember that cartoon. I don't know. I, somehow that was in my memory that the... Uh... <laughs> Curiosity is, uh, is a, uh, a story. We'll see an article somewhere. That, uh, that there's a Right, that's right. Yeah. That's not right, but... Uh, yeah, that's not so much reality anymore. Um, that's what women's liberation brought. No more slippers. Okay. Omar of Yitzhak Omar of Huna. Hakol Mashim The waiter is, uh, is busy working, and he's probably hungry, uh, but it doesn't matter. You're allowed to have him serve all kinds of dishes, and you're not required to feed him at that moment. Chutzmi Basur Except for meat and wine, that, that's unusually good. And the waiter is going to um, really, in his mind, want some. It's very difficult to serve a person a steak and good wine. And so you're required then to uh, give the waiter a little bit to eat at that moment. We're not talking about, we're talking about good meat and good wine. Basically, there's a concept that certain foods draw an appetite, that make a person hungry. And... It's considered like a certain form of torture or not appropriate to, when a person really wants something not to satisfy those urges. Uh, the uh, good meat all year round, it's only a certain time in the summer where you want to have that really good wine. I was once with the great Marshmul. And they brought out Aired food. This was a really amazing air dish. The the Yaivle, if they hadn't have given me a taste, a stakin, I would have been in danger. I would have gotten sick. When a person really craves something and he doesn't get a chance to satisfy that, he says, I Mamish would have gotten sick. What does the Otsko say is in that dish? Mushroom. Mushroom was a good mushroom dish. Okay, I can, all right. So, Amravashi, I became a commander of Kanavaisile, Girgali Delifta. They brought some turnip and vinegar. If I didn't have some of that, I, I would have been, uh, it would have been dangerous for me. Repapa said, it implies that a person who could mamish get sick if they don't satisfy a certain craving. Repapa said, I feel a tamrasta de hanuna. Even uh, this is a kind of, uh, tamrasta is usually a date, some kind of uh, a good fat date. Uh, so, if there's something that has a strong smell, and it also has kiyua to it, kiyua is um, smell, and then there's um, pungency. It's it's a uh, so then uh, those things. It's important. It's not nice not to give the person a taste. Avua barihi uminemin barihi. These people were going. Chad safi mikol min vemin. One used to give the waiter a taste of everything. The chad safi mikad min. One would give him only from one type. Mar mishtoi eloyo biyade. One of them was a good tipper. Uh, in other words, made sure the waiter was totally satisfied. Eliyahu navi comes to people that are good tippers. That takes care of the waiters. Umar lo mishayeliyade. The other one. In other words, one was unusually sensitive to the feelings of the hired help. And so Eliyahu came to him, and the other one wasn't so sensitive. Eliyahu doesn't care. Honey, Tartu Hasidi, there were two pious uh, people. Omer Le Reb Mori, Reb Pinchas. One of them was Reb Mori, and one was Reb Pinchas. B'nei Reb Chista. Mar Kadim Safule. 
uh, one of them, he Elio would come to Umar. He would come to him later. The cut of stuff, um I'm sorry. One of them would give the waiters first, and one would give the waiters last. So Umar Kadim Safile, Umar Makra Safile. The Kadim Safi Elio, the one that gave the waiters first, Mishta Elio came to him. The Makra Safile, Elio didn't come much. So again, how a person treats other people, that's, uh, then that decides whether well, Elio will have what to do with you or not. They once were coming to the non Jewish king, and the royal chef brought in one of those amazing dishes. Uh, Rashi says it's Shinshka Lakushk, Kukish. Shinshka Kukish. It was a really good Kukish. Uh, some fabulous dish that only a king could afford. So they brought the shinshka kukish. Uh, it's a French dish. Shinshka uh, kush. It's in our language, by the way. Shinshka kush. Of course. It's interesting. Yeah, usually it says belaz. Here it says in our language. Does that mean that was in the Yiddish or not? So basically, they, these three sages were there to talk to the king. And the royal, uh, uh, they brought out from the royal kitchen this unbelievable dish that like, smelled so good. So, they noticed Marzutra, the Chavir Ape. His face was turning colors, uh, meaning that uh, he, uh, he wanted some, and it really smelled good to him. And uh, he looks like he was getting faint. So, Shaka et's boast of, he stuck his finger in and then he put a taste in his mouth. Um, so it must have been like a pudding or something. Yes, so the royal chef said, Asid, what? Yeah, so that's the question also. So was it wasn't kosher. So it could be, they, some people want to say that um, maybe if it's only tasted but not really eaten, like it was just to give a flavor, uh, it may not be considered eating. Uh, in other words, that minad, minad, usually you have to have a kazayas to be usher here, where he thought he was going to be sick, so he was allowed to just put a taste on his mouth. But uh, especially when you can see the punchline in a minute, I mean. Yes, I I thought maybe this was a question even more. What if this was a veggie dish? You know, I don't know how they knew it was real trace, but okay. So um, you're saying it's probably a cooked dish, so then it would be a problem. So Omerle absolutely Malchus. So the royal chef starts yelling at him. You spoiled the king's dish. Amalu, amai tevarachi. They said, why'd you do this? Amalu, man da'avarachi paso lamaycho damalcha. If you dip your fingers in, you destroy the king's food. The king's not going to eat from that now. Amalu, amai amalu. He said, why don't you tell him, davar acher chazibe. You noticed that there was something unhealthy in the king's food and you were doing the king's favor. So don't yell at me that I stuck my fingers in. I was simply trying to save the king from eating something that was not good. Wait, so, the rabbi yeah, the rabbi said that. So Budku, uh, they looked for something unhealthy in the food. He pointed to a certain part of the food and he says, over here. Uh, did you check over here? Budku, they went, Ashku, and then they found over there there was something spoiled, something not good. My time is some kind it was like a miracle that he found something spoiled in that dish. Otherwise, they were... So why did he rely on a miracle to stick his fingers in? 
he said that no, he saw that there was a something smelled bad about that. There was a ruach saras, a a smell of leprosy, a smell of something nasty on that part. Uh, so he understood. The question was, uh, as we understand why he might have said, "I ruined the king's food because I was I did, I wanted to save him from eating it." And but then why did he say, "Look over here"? How did he know to tell them, "Look over here"? You'll find something that's not good, uh, something that wasn't cooked right. The answer was he saw Hashem showed him a ruach saras. Yeah, but we're saying it could be unhealthy at a certain point. Right, but so he gave the excuse and said something unhealthy. We understood that, but then they couldn't find anything unhealthy, and he said, "Look over here." Our question was, why did? How did he know to say, "Look over here"? The answer is he saw there was something there that he saw that looked. You're saying that Tarsh Rafa came down and, and pulled him out of a corner that he got into because of... Right, that's life. right, because of his taiva, yeah. so they, Hashem saved him from that. Right, but the way we set the story up, he was just hungry. We, did, we didn't start with... That was his version, right. That was the version he told them, but that wasn't the... Right. Yes, no, I was going to bring down, you didn't say when you were translating this, but the way it brings down in the notes is that um, the, the, what he was pointing to was leprous pig meat. So if he knew that it was pig meat and he gave a taste of it to his chavar, you know, that's strengthened my question before. It wasn't just anything. It was, it was mamish chazi. Yeah, so there is a Rashi here. Let's do that Rashi. What does it mean he saw pig meat? I, I hear what you... Richard's saying that it definitely wasn't kosher if he saw pig meat in it. But I'm not sure it means pig meat. But let's look in that Rashi. Ach er five lines down. Basr shel chazir mitzora. A leprous pig. Of Alash and Laz, they call it shushmish. Shushmish. I'm not sure. If, I, I took it to mean something disgusting. I, I didn't take it to mean... Is, is pig meat leprous? Is it not supposed to be in there? Like, yes, I didn't know exactly what, uh, but there is a French word for it, so it was uh, something, something bad, something nasty. That's okay. Anyways, moving on. Who Roman? There was a certain Roman, the Amrlai, who is the Mitzavli. A certain a Roman proposed to a certain woman. Amrlai, she said, "No way, Jose. No, lo." So he decided to uh, use a trick. So also Icy Rimoni, what he did was he got a very good pomegranate and he pili v'ochel kame. And she was hungry and uh, she hadn't eaten in a while. And he ate this juicy, yummy pomegranate in front of her. Kol mayad itzerle, and uh, every little bit of juice well, he swallowed below hivele. And he was teasing her. He didn't offer her any. And she was sitting there drooling, you know, meaning that she was really desirous of having some of this pomegranate. Until she became like translucent, like she was just like dazed that she was like so anxious to taste this pomegranate. With Soph, in the end, when she was really chalishing uh, to have some pomegranate, he said, He said, if I give you some, will you marry me? She said, Omer le'in. So Ozo Aisiri Moni Pili went and he got her pomegranate 
and he gave her so he cured her each time she had some pomegranate every juice that came out she said to spit a little bit um, basically she got sick watching him eat the pomegranate and he cured her by getting her to spit out she like spit out some bile and she got better I don't know exactly what the sickness was this is describing a, a sickness that comes out of a desire that you can't have something. And so by his eating the pomegranate in front of her, she mamish got sick. And then he offered to heal her, and so that was how he got her to do. There, it's almost like a hypnotic thing. If a person really wants something, and you slowly eat it in front of them, there, 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 are, uh, there were places where the, uh, during the famine, uh, the siege, where they would cook food, and let the smells go over the uh, the city. You know, it's like the uh, when people smell food that smells good, and they can't eat. It makes it much more difficult. Uh, but it, it's saying it's actually could, a person can get physically sick. Like yeah. Most of so Then we said she's obligated to work in the wool. December in, but what about flax? Why do we pick wool? Masnisa. This is Rabbi Huda Tanya Enu There are certain things that a husband is not uh, allowed to push the wife to do. Number one, she doesn't have to serve his father. Or his kid, the stepkids. She doesn't have to feed his animals. But their animals, she does have to feed. He says you can't force her to deal in flax. It gives you bad breath. Apparently when you uh, uh, weave flax, you put it in your mouth. When women sew, they put the threads in their mouth. That's part of the trick to thread the needle. And if you do that with flax, it's going to give you bad-tasting breath. It's not fair to a woman to do that. Um, and uh, uh, it's, uh, it does something to, the, uh, to your fingers. And uh, uh, so, that's the Roman flax. It leaves a nasty... The lips. The lips, yeah. Um, that's fine. Thank you, I'm sorry. Yeah, it makes the lips a certain way. So you can't, a woman isn't obligated to do things that will affect the way she looks. But uh, wool won't affect it, that you could. Even if she brings the hunter shifts because she's got to keep busy. Omer of Malkov. So uh, now we have here a famous rabbi called Rev Malkov. There were two rabbis. One was Rev Malkiah and one was Rev Malko. And their names were very similar and they were easy to mix up. And so the rabbis uh, had a, uh, they memorized these things. They had a hint as we'll see, to remember which was Rav Malko and which is Malkiyav. So, Rav Malko, Rav this halacha of the hundred maids was Rav Malkiyav. He says, halacha is like Rav Eliezer, that even with the hundred maids, uh, the wife has to do some work. For three sets of halachas, the halacha was like Rav Malkiyav. Uh, one was with the spit, one was with the shifkos, that the wife has to do work. The other one had to do with a guma, what was the guma halacha? The, um, yeah, one second. Um, that was on uh, Mesectus uh, Bea. Uh, Gumas was, uh, yeah, Rashi, Simone Hoshbud, Mesectus Bea, Shifkos Khan, Gumas Mesectus Nida, by the Mesectus Nida. Okay, well, when we get there, we'll. Has to do with hair, okay. Uh, Remalkia and in Remalkio it was Baluris. This was the ponytail of the idol worshippers. Afer Makla 
with the uh, the ashes, Begvina and Allah of non Jewish cheese. Ramalki Repapa Omar Masnisan Umas um Papa said the way to remember it is the mission of Bryce Ramalkia Shmaisa. The Allah was like him in the in the Shmaisa Ramalka um I'm sorry. Masnisan Umasnisa, the mission in the Brysa we held like Ramalkia. Shmaisa, the other teaching was Ramalka. My Benayu, what's the difference between these two ways to remember it? Was this halacha of Shifkas? So again, it was a question just who the author was of this halacha that even if she has many, many maids, she's required to work. Shingam Lil said also that she's got to work. Um, so they're both agreeing, isn't it the same as Tanakam? Ika Benayu, the question is what kind of work does she have to do? So the difference would be to Metalia Begoraisa, if she, the work that she does is that she takes care of the pets. The pets that she had were baby bears. If she takes care of the baby bears, the guraisa, or kutnisa venidrisha, or if she plays chess, if she has hobbies. So if the view is a woman shouldn't be doing nothing, so as long as she does something, uh, she, won't, uh, she won't go nuts. Uh, if the view is she has to do something productive, that's different. Not enough. What are these two things? Let's see, Rashi. Uh, the Metalta Begoraisa, Kutnaisa, small bears, Menzishat, Mistakas, Bekalavim Dakim. Rashi says small dogs. She plays with the little dogs. She takes care of little dogs. Veshkok, uh, and also a game that's called Ishtakish. Um, so those games, since they have no meaning to them, they will bring her to Zima. Uh, she will become immoral, but she won't go nuts. A person does nothing, they go nuts. Uh, the challenge sometimes with the older people, where the nursing homes don't really keep them busy, and they go nuts because they have nothing to... Uh, so there's, uh, there's one thing that the people, that they have nothing to do... Uh, now, they won't go nuts, but if they don't do anything meaningful, then they end up doing zima. Okay, back to the... Let's start the mission. What happens if... Um, a person swears that the wife will not have any relations with her, so um, and um, so for a certain length of time. So uh, so she uh, those are grounds for divorce, and she gets full suva if it's beishamisef if it's two weeks. So beishelu says even one week. He's required to provide her needs, and therefore if he uh, takes that away from her, that's grounds to for divorce. If if she chooses, then he'll have to pay the suva. What happens if the husbands want to go away to learn? Uh, in those days, they got married young, and the husbands would go off to yeshiva. So uh, if they go off to yeshiva, they're not having relations with their wife. So that's different, by the way, than uh, it's one thing if they're home, and the husband says uh, he's going to torment her, that he swears that he's, he makes it forbidden. Then it's even a shorter amount of time, it's grounds for divorce. But what about if it's a student that goes off to yeshiva and doesn't pay attention to his wife because he's off in yeshiva? They can go learn. They don't got to ask uh, for up to 30 days. Uh, they can be off for a week. Uh, the, now, so really, this is where it gets complicated. How much relations does a husband require to give a wife? So it actually depends on what uh, station, what, what they got used to when they got married, the the um, type of work that he did dictates the type of relations or the amount of time they spend together. Certain people were always traveling and they spend less time at home, so they're obligated in less. So, people that were in the tile field, they 
we're expected to have relations every day. Hapoolim, twice a week. Hachamrim, the people, the donkey drivers, once a week. Hagamolim, camel drivers, the camels can go long distances. That's once every 30 days. If you're a sailor, once in six months. Tiveria Belazar, we will stop here. Okay. Have a great day, everybody.